Luke 5, 27 to 32, and Matthew 11, 27 to 30. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not, call, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we, uh, we come into your presence this morning, and we are coming from all different places. And Lord, we are all coming to you uh, differently as people who know you to varying degrees. Some of us don't know you at all, Lord. So I pray that your Holy Spirit would um, do what you promised to do, that when your word is read, when your word is sung, when your word is preached and prayed, that um, it never returns void, Lord, and that you come and do the work that we can't do. And you change us, you transform us, uh, you w awaken our hearts to your presence and give us a deep love for you. And you fill the hunger that we have for you. Um, whether we know that it's for you or not. So, Lord, we ask that you would come and do that now. Don't leave us unchanged. Um, thank you for loving us and being so faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, this week the, the section of our, our vision statement that we're going to zone in on is on adventure with Jesus. And I, I love this because it, I love thinking about all the stories that I love that um, – it's like the moment that the adventure begins. It's the moment that someone receives a call out of the ordinary, out of their ordinary existence. Um, think about like some of some of our favorite stories, uh, the Lord of the Rings, when when Gandalf shows up, and now all of a sudden everything's different, and this strange wizard comes and and invites Frodo into this this journey that this story that he knows nothing about. And we watched um, the first Harry Potter with our our boys last night, and that great scene where Hagrid says you're a wizard, Harry. And it's like this whole whole new world is open to him. Um, and even have young kids, so Winnie the Pooh, um, as soon as I saw you, I knew a grand adventure was about to happen. But it's this, I don't, I don't know if y'all are like me, but there's something that just comes alive in my heart when I, when I read and hear and watch those moments because I think, yes, there's something that's resonating in me that wants that. And, and that's not, I don't believe, unique to me. Um, we go back to our, our passage here. We're going to be spending time with Jesus and, and Levi in this passage. And Levi, um, we just, at this point, just get that he was just this man. He was a tax collector, and he's sitting at the tax booth. And Jesus, it says, um, saw this tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth and said to him, follow me. It's this invitation into something different, this invitation into a life that he knows nothing about. And he has no idea what's waiting for him on the other side of that call. But then uh, an amazing thing happens. It says, leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And so um, I want to talk about this call, this call from Jesus to be on adventure with him. Um, and first, there is the hunger. 
there is a deep hunger to be called into something, to be called out of something maybe, um, to be called out of something into my life, into something different, to be invited into something, to be loved enough for someone to see me and, and call my name and say, hey, I want you to come with me. Um, side note here, if y'all haven't seen or it's been a while since you've seen The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, um, that's your homework this week is to go watch that. Um, but it's, it's this desire to be taken into something deeper. We talked about that a little bit last week as we think about the new year and there's these resolutions and there's all these desires that we have for something more. And there's this hunger that we have for something more. Um, but it's not just a hunger. There's, there's a risk associated with this call. And, and what I mean by that is there's a mystery. You know, Jesus just shows up and he, he doesn't give Levi the 20-point the plan. He just says, follow me. And so you're just left with this mystery of follow you where? Follow you how? Um, where are we going? What's, what is going to happen? What is this going to look like? What is this going to feel like? What am I going to have to give up? What am I going to have to experience? And Jesus doesn't answer those questions. He didn't answer those questions for Levi. He doesn't answer those questions for us. So there's, there's this inherent risk. There's this mystery. There's this danger of saying, I, I really don't know um, what I'm saying yes to completely, um, but there's, the call still stands. And this word adventure is a word that you will hear if you're with us um, any amount of time. And it's not a, a, just a, a cool, random, trendy word. Um, we, we selected that word. We feel like the Lord led us to that word with great intentionality um, because following Jesus is, de by definition, an adventure. Ad an adventure is an unusual and exciting, typically dangerous experience, especially the exploration of unknown territory. And that's what it is to, to be a disciple of Jesus. He's leading us somewhere that we have never been before. We don't know how to get there. We've never been there. We are hungry to go there. Um, and it is going to involve danger. It is going to involve the unknown. It is going to involve saying yes to um, something that you really don't know at that time what you're saying yes to. And so that gets us to this, this next thing about the call is that there's a cost. Um, because you're going into the unknown with this man who maybe at this point you know very little of, um, there is a, a real cost. You have to give up control. And that's a very hard thing to do. You have to give up control. You were the invitee. You don't know where you're going. You've never been there. And think about this. Your instincts, your decision-making, your wisdom in air quotes and abilities led you to where you are now, which is hungry to be somewhere else, right? And so as, as we say a lot, if we are the problem, we can't also be the solution. If I got myself here really hungry for someone to invite me into something more, then I can't be the one who leads me to something more. It just doesn't work. Um, it's, it's literally, it's a decision that has to happen. Um, it's not something you just stumble into. Um, if, if Jesus is knocking on the door of your house and there's a VW van running in the driveway and he's like, come on, get in it, you, you can't just kind of do both. Like you either stay in your house or you go get in the van and take off to wherever he's going. So there's this, there's this conscious decision that has to happen of like a recognition that you are calling me. You are coming to me. You're coming into my life. You are inviting me out of what I know into what I don't yet know, but what I'm so hungry for. And I have to either say no or say yes. There's not a, like, mushy middle ground. 
Like all of that is just still saying no. There's, an, there's a decision that has to happen. Um, one of the joys of my life was a, a dear friend of mine um, came to faith this year, and the Lord allowed me to be someone who was walking with him regularly to, to watch him as he was coming to faith in Christ. And what was so beautiful to see in this was that um, his heart and his mind were resonating with who Jesus was and what Jesus was saying long before he was at a place where his will was ready to give up control. And that's something that we talked about a lot is there were many times that we talked and he's like, I know that this is true. I love what I'm hearing. This is resonating in every way possible and I'm not ready to give the keys to my life over to him yet. And then thank God there was a day when he was. But it's, it's just this, we have to know that, right? This is not something you just try on. This is not something you stumble into. This is, it is either a yes or a no. Like I'm saying yes to you and, and here are the keys and I am no longer driving. I'm not sitting in the driver's seat. I'm not trying to take them back from you. When we stop for our first bathroom break and get beef jerky at the gas station, I'm not gonna go sit in the driver's seat when you come out and be like, well, maybe I'll drive for a while. Like that's not gonna happen. So there is a cost, and in our, in our secondary passage, Jesus talks about that. He says, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So what Jesus is saying here is making some really big claims. He's saying, I am the only one who has been handed everything by God. Everything about life, everything about like what it is to live in abundance, what it is to um, thrive. Like I'm the only one who's been handed all those things. I'm the only one who knows the Father. And the only way that you are gonna know and come to know and come to experience these things that you are desperately hungry for is to come with me. Because did you catch what he said? No one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Like, I cannot come to know God. I cannot come to know these things and this being, this living God who I was created for relationship with, apart from Jesus. It does not happen. He is the only one holding the keys. And that's why this whole, like, giving up control is an absolute necessity. And so at this point... Um, I want to give some good news that this Jesus who is at our door, who is inviting us onto this adventure with him, um, some of y'all at this point may be saying, I would love to go, but I'm really afraid that when he gets to know me, he's going to kick me out of the van. But Jesus knows exactly who you are. He knows whose house he pulled up to. He knows whose door he's knocking on. Um, he knows you. You're not going to disappoint him. So you don't have to be afraid to let him uh, see you and know you. Um, remember, Levi was literally the worst. Um, he was a tax collector. Tax collectors were the worst. Um, they were traitors. Um, they took advantage of their own people to line their pockets. Um, he was literally the worst. And Jesus came and said, hey, I see you. And he was sitting in his tax booth. Like, I, I know who you are. I know what you're doing. Come with me. Follow me. Um, it doesn't stop there. Paul, who we know that God loved very much and wrote a lot of the New Testament, says this about himself in 1 Timothy. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I'm the worst. 
I'm literally the worst, and he loves me, and he's still inviting me into this life with him. And so wherever you are, where, whatever you have said to him in the past, whatever your life has looked like, whatever you've done, um, he knows you, and he knows who he's inviting on this adventure with him. And nothing disqualifies you. And here's what he says to you when he comes. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So something you need to know for that to make sense and you really get the, the depth and the gravity of what he's saying is back in this day, yoke is like a yoke that you put on oxen to um, plow and do the things that oxen do. I don't know what oxen do. But it's this, it's this big wooden thing that, you, that lays on their backs and it's what they carry their burden with. It's what they carry the wagon with or whatever. Yeah, the, it's got to be a wagon, right? Um, so, but the yoke was also metaphorical language for um, teaching of a rabbi. Like if you're going to go follow a, a Jewish rabbi, which just means teacher, and you're going to be his disciple and you're going to follow him wherever he goes, then you're putting his yoke on yourself. And so whatever he says you need to do, that's what you need to do, and that's your yoke. It's, it was also language used for keeping the law of the Old Testament. So there's all these laws from God. You know, you think about the Ten Commandments plus. There's many things that God said people needed to do to be good and be righteous. And, and they also talked about that being the yoke, the yoke of the law. And so Jesus is coming to you and saying, um, whether you know it, you are under a yoke. And you can be under a yoke of irreligion um, and that yoke of irreligion is whatever you think you need to do and be to be okay. So whether that is um, to be physically fit or to be uh, the smartest person in the room or to be very successful or to, to be good, uh, just to be a good person, but that definition is slippery and it's not from Scripture. Um, whatever that is, apart from God, that is your yoke, and you were trying to live under this. There is some key to life. There's some key to me living the life that I need to live and be okay, and that is my yoke. And guess what? All of those yokes are too heavy for you to bear. You are going to crumble under the weight of all those yokes because they're always changing. They're too much for you, um, and you cannot sustain them. But you can also live under a religious yoke, which is um, I'm going to try to keep God's law apart from Jesus, and guess what? That's not going to happen. You've already not done it, so you're over. It's done. And Jesus says, I have kept that yoke for you. I have borne that yoke, and so my yoke for you now is easy and light. Because Jesus is, is God with skin on. He has come, and he has lived the perfect life that you cannot live. He, is, he has borne the weight of the yoke of keeping all of God's law perfectly. And then on top of that, he has borne the yoke of God's wrath um, that was meant for us because we did not keep his law perfectly and we rebelled against him and we ran away from him and we wanted to do life on our own. And Jesus has said, before you even knew that this was a problem and before you even knew that there was a solution, I was carrying you with me and I carried those yokes so that you don't have to because you cannot. If you're a Tombstone fan, that's one of my favorite movies. It's like when Wyatt has to go fight Johnny Ringo, and he is not fast enough. And so when he is, he is down for the count, um, Doc Holliday comes and puts on his jacket and his badge and goes and defeats Johnny Ringo for him. It's like Jesus saying, hey, you don't know this, but, like, this is going to crush you. 
but don't worry. I've already taken this yoke upon myself, so now the yoke that's left for you is easy and light. And now instead of worrying about being the, the smartest person or the most successful person or the wealthiest person or whatever it is, or being a good person and keeping all the law and worried about that all the time, now all you have to do is just keep your eyes on me and just have a relationship with me. And know that the one standing in front of you telling you this is gentle and humble and is willing to go to the depths, the depths, the depths, the depths for you so that you never have to go there. So you can trust this man. You can go with him because he loves you and he's going to lead you to life. He, he is <laughs> going with him is the only thing that you have to worry about now. And the one who still bears the wounds that were meant for you and I is extending a scarred hand and inviting you to come with him and find something that you don't have right now. And, and if you do have it with him, if you're already in relationship with him, he's inviting you deeper. He's inviting you always, always, always to go deeper with him. And so what is he calling us to? I want you to listen from men who have left to go on adventure with him in the past. Paul, Peter, James, John, uh, men who have written the New Testament. And when they talk about being called with Jesus, this is how they understand it. This is what they've experienced Jesus calling them into. He's called them out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's called them to freedom, to holiness, to doing good in the world that, are, that we are uniquely equipped to do, to hope of new life, to abundant life that never ends, to the greatest wedding feast of all time that never ends, to peace with God, to friendship with Jesus, to become a citizen of God's kingdom, to be a child of God's family, and to experience God's glory forever. But he also calls us to one more thing, to suffering. And that is absolutely necessary because there's, there's no false advertising here that this is gonna be painful. And it absolutely has to be. Why? Because there's always pain when you when you break out of something into something new. Um, think about working out, think about um, cancer treatment, think about um, going through counseling to be healed of trauma or whatever it is. There's always work involved, there's always discomfort involved, there's always pain involved, there's always suffering involved, but it's always worth it with him. It is always absolutely worth it. I mean, when you hear the rest of that list, you think like, yeah, I'd be willing to suffer for that because that's what I was made for. And I don't know what, what I would experience apart from that. I don't know what would, like, give my heart peace and satisfaction apart from the things that he's just listed here. And so what are the doorways to following Jesus into these things? Because there are doorways. When he calls us, he calls us through these doorways, these paths of following him. And for you today, um, I know he's inviting you to something. He's inviting you to something specific. But I, for each of you, I don't know what that is. Um, for some of y'all, it could be that he's inviting you into relationship with him and you, you're saying yes for the first time. You are coming to faith in him. You are putting your life in his hands. You're trusting in him. You're handing him the keys. You're saying, you know what? I'm tired. I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired of acting like I know and I don't know. And would you just lead me? And maybe that's what he's calling you today to. Um, maybe for some of y'all, it's to not traveling alone anymore. Um, because he's never designed us to travel alone. Maybe it's committing yourself here to this body or, or somebody of, of people who are following him together. 
And so for us here, maybe that's um, becoming a member. Maybe that is joining a group and you are in this band of brothers and sisters on the road together following him and learning what it is to follow him. And for some of us, maybe it's um, learning to hear his voice and, and ask him for help and, and how do I do that? How do I hear God's voice? How do I hear him speak to me? How do I experience this life um, that Jesus talks about? And so maybe that looks like more intentional discipleship. Maybe that meet, looks like meeting with somebody who's been on the road with Jesus a little bit longer than you and can help lead you along the way. And so for that, um, I actually have a sign-up sheet up here. Um, and so after the service, if that's something, something in that zone, like if you're somebody who's asking for a mentor or asking for discipleship or asking for something like that that's deeper, some of y'all have expressed that when we had y'all fill out those cards, just like, what do you need? Some of y'all said, yes, like that's what I need and that's what I want. Um, then after the service, I'm just going to leave this up here and there's some pens. And if you'll just write your name and contact information down, we're going to try to um, make that happen for you because that's really important. Um, but with that, here's the last thing I'm going to say before we go to the table. Um, no one can say yes for you. Like, I can't want it for you. Um, the person next to you can't want it for you. And Jesus is not going to force himself on you. You can count on that. Um, he will never force himself on you. So he is knocking and he is inviting. Um, but you're the one that has to step out and step into the life that he's calling you to. And so what I hope today, I hope that um, what I'm about to say is this um, prophetic word that sits on you, on your soul, like an elephant for the rest of your life, that you will never be satisfied until you are experiencing the living and active relationship with the living and active God who created you. So you can look everywhere else you want to look, but you will never, ever be satisfied until you are satisfied in him. And so um, as, we, as we go to the table here, um, in, in the stillness of, of like our team playing songs and, and you spending time with the Lord, um, just ask him. Ask him, what are you calling me to? How are you calling me deeper into this adventure with you? Um, and we're going to continue to unpack what that means uh, for us as a body the, the next three weeks. Father, um, Lord, thank you for not leaving us. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for... Um, inviting us into adventure with you. Thank you that when you say um, you are here and, and you want to have a relationship with us, um, it's not you trying to teach us how to be better. It's you actually giving us freedom and transforming our lives and enabling us to live the lives that we were absolutely made for, um, to find joy and life and peace in you, Lord. Would you open our eyes? Would you open our minds? Would you open our hearts to see you for who you are and hear you for what you're actually saying. And I ask that in, in your name, Jesus. Amen. And so now um, he is inviting all of us to this table. Um, the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was with his disciples in the upper room, uh, and they were celebrating the Passover, and he took the bread and he broke it, and he said, hey, this is actually, this is my body that's broken for you. Like, you, what you need, the energy, the power, the life, um, that you need to live is me, and it's me broken for you to give you what you need. And he took the wine and he poured it out and he said, this cup is my cup of my blood, which is um, a new covenant. And so now instead of drinking the cup of God's wrath, 
for the life that we've chosen to live, we now drink the cup of God's wedding feast, that we've been brought near to him through Jesus. And now the only thing left for us to do is to drink this, this cup of celebration with him. And so Jesus has given us this practice because he knows that we're weak. Um, he knows that we are finite beings and we need to, to in, use all of our senses to experience him. And so he gives us these tangible means that we can taste and smell and see um, that, that this Jesus really is giving himself for you so that you can have the life that you were made for. So um, who is this table for? This table is for everyone who knows that they are a sinner. This the table is for everyone who knows that they are in need of someone else leading them to life. They are in need of forgiveness. They are in need of reconciliation with God and that Jesus is the Savior. He is the only one who can lead you to life. He is the only one who can reconcile you to God and give you the life that you're made for. And if that's you, whether this is the first time or the millionth time that you've taken this meal, come and taste and see um, that God is good and he loves you. And so the way that we do that here is um, you'll come up to these kneelers, spend as much time as you want in prayer with the Lord, and then when you're ready, um, you can put your hands out like this, and we'll know to give you the elements. And if you want prayer, just raise a hand or say, hey, I'd like some prayer too. Um, and I want you to know that that's totally normal. Um, that's actually normal and healthy. It's not normal and not healthy to never ask for prayer ever. Um, so come at your, um, when the Lord calls you and um, taste and see that he is good.